<laughs> I love my fun music. Welcome to the second edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. The mission of Food, Faith, and Feelings is to walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Brought to you as an ed- educational program under the nonprofit Mana Scholarship Fund, our program is designed to help you better understand issues related to your physical and mental diet, what you consume that impacts your head, your heart, and your soul. So we are thankful to our business partnership with Paradigm Security and Mr. Rick Strawn for providing this opportunity to come to you today. We hope to enrich your life as he has enriched ours. So my guest today is Sam Trammell. Hello, Sam. Hi. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm good. Great. So Sam and I have a pretty long four or five year relationship. Yeah. Um, it's pretty unique, and I am actually just going to let Sam introduce herself and uh, how our relationship started. So, I'm Sam. I uh, met Jeannie uh, as my therapist, actually. Um, <laughs> my uh, uh, husband and I initially had decided to start therapy for marriage counseling, and it ended up... I. <laughs> ended up working on eating disorder treatment in the process I did not know that I had much to your surprise (laughs) I remember this yes (laughs) I remember this it was not my intent of starting but um and even Andrew kind of pushed us in I wasn't really the one who was no not at all I was opposed to it but that's how it started (laughs) right and so we do you want to talk about what the initial reason was why I decided to take you like you you came in as a couple and then I said well well hold on there's some stuff going on with Sam that needs to be resolved first hmm. do you remember that I do I don't know what tipped you off to do that though <laughs> um could it have been the pale face the uh, emaciation <laughs> the um you were pretty resistant to talking about much in fact I think you were pretty anxious that sounds right I had a hard time talking (laughs) yes for most of the time for most of the time so what you're seeing here today is the effects of um, some some pretty intensive therapy over several years yes Mm -hmm. and um, I think what tipped me off with you and your eating disorder is um, you you just looked sick and so I'm so used to seeing people who have eating disorders that I I think I asked you what you were eating and it was all of about five Cheerios <laughs> and a couple of pieces of apple and yeah. beer <laughs> it was <laughs> apples goldfish and beer <laughs> yes and <Steakers>. so <laughs> yes I said Mm, that's probably not enough to even feed your three-year-old child so we might need to have some more conversation about that yes that yeah I do remember that and yeah at that time everything was everybody else's fault I couldn't really see you know what was going on with me so yes I I definitely remember that Um, what was that like to hear you know was funny as far as the whole not funny but like the whole eating disorder thing I didn't I don't remember being um 
super intensely uncomfortable until it was pointed out to me that something was wrong mm. and then it was a problem because before that it was everybody else's problem staying in la la land was yeah, great I, denial is wonderful i didn't ever feel i was so numb i didn't ever feel sad mm-hmm. or angry really or feel like i needed to need anybody no connection with anybody um and it was just sort of this safe haven but um it was starting to stri- destroy my marriage and and i'm sure it affected you know my relationship with my daughter at that time too she was probably she was t- one and a half two years old i think was at she? that time yeah so i do remember when we started working on things we, we first really started working on the trauma stuff right so i guess i'll kind of talk touch on that a little bit okay so part of a big part of what really um kind of sparked my eating disorder was when I was 17 I uh, was raped and uh, after that I just man I really I pushed everything back I remember feeling like I was different from everybody else um, and it was like I was looking at people through a glass window and so you were really disconnected I was really disconnected and you know I lost my appetite because I was just I don't know it was this weird disconnection and I, I lost my appetite and I um, realized after a while that feeling empty felt good. Like it made me feel better. And then I started losing weight and that felt even better. Mm-hmm. And then. So, so uh, we, we talked about dispelling a myth. And so I think this is a, maybe a good place to put it. Okay. So your eating disorder didn't start out because you were trying to go on a diet. No, not for me personally. I mean, no. A lot of people it does. Yeah. However, your eating disorder was a result of trying to manage your pain. For me, yes. I mean, not to say prior to that head, I, you know, wished to be thinner. Yes, I just wasn't worth, it was not worth being hungry to do it <laughs> at that time. <laughs> so any kind of feeling. Yes. Yeah, that, that's really what it was. Like, it was just this, it made me not hungry and the, the pain, the pain made me just not hungry. And then when I didn't eat, I felt so much better. And when I started losing weight, I felt even better. And then as I started to look different, it was like, oh, that was the old me. You know, that that happened to you, that's not even, it felt safe to be thinner. And it, um, it just gave me that disconnection from that event. Okay, so your, again, I'm just gonna repeat, your Mm -hmm. eating disorder was not something that you like thought, "I'm, I'm gonna lose weight. I'm going to stop eating. I'm... It didn't start that way, no. No, it, it didn't. ended that way. It ended, okay, it ended that way. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll get there. So I just... Because a lot of people think um, out there in the world, I have a friend that likes to say, can I just give them like a jelly donut? Or can I just buy them a cheeseburger or a pizza? And I'm like, yeah, no. Mm-mm. You want to put their greatest fear in front of them and say, do this. Um, because the, the behavior, the eating disorder behavior actually functions as a protection mechanism. Yeah. I just wanted to feel okay. Yeah. So, and that's, there's, you know what? I don't know anybody that doesn't. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that out there that are drinking, that are looking at porn, that are trying to lose weight. They're trying to gain weight. They're, there's all kind. They're exercising. They think if they're all muscular. There's a lot of things out there about our bodies and about how we are trying to take care of ourselves and feel better mm-hmm. um, and feel okay. Yeah, like that's that's a lot of the way I like to just let's just help you feel okay. Yeah, and 
we kind of broke it down in terms of feeling loved and feeling safe. Yeah. So, um, even feeling loved is feeling safe in a way. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Well, what's the, me. <laughs> what's the thing that you like now to say, you like to say now about safety? Oh, that, um, I take my safety with me. Right. That right. was something I learned in therapy. <laughs> yep. That, that was such a revolutionary thing for me. Why? Because I remember when you told me that and I remember the session, like I was already feeling a little bit defensive because you said something I just didn't like. And never happened. (laughs) And I remember I was like looking out the window and sort of pretending like I wasn't listening to what you were saying, even though I was, but I didn't want you to think I was. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and then I remember you saying that I remember like, I couldn't quite grasp what it meant, but I, it was one of those things where I knew like, this is going to come back around. Like, like, have you ever had that where you hear something you're like, I don't get it now, but this is going to come back around. And, um, something about it stuck. Yeah. For years. I mean, it, cause it wasn't until what, two or three years later that I was like, ah, that's what it is. That's, there it <laughs> is. So let's talk about that. Um, okay. how did you get to that point where you realized that you could bring safety with you? And what does that mean to you? So I probably have to tell a bit of my story more. Yeah, I want you to. Explain. Okay. So, uh, so a big part of my eating disorder had to do with the trauma and you know so I I did get to where found all kinds of ways to lose a a certain amount of weight to where I look significantly different from what I looked like before I colored my hair I did everything I was trying to look significantly different than what I did before and before um, when you were raped yes sorry okay before when I was raped like okay I changed my hair color I changed the style of it I changed um the way that my body looked uh changed the way I dressed changed everything and you know when I started seeing you we tried we did therapy just individually but it actually made things harder uh I didn't really have the skills to be able to deal with the pain that was coming up and uh, things for me at least got a lot harder before they got easier and because we were talking about really hard things and it made a lot of pain come out and so I mean I probably I used behaviors worse (laughs) as it came because really honestly because you used to what like my behaviors my eating disorder behaviors uh got worse because there was all this pain and I didn't know what to do with it like at least before they were squelched down a little bit you know but when we started talking about the trauma and just pain that was coming up for me I had to be able to manage it some way so I restricted more I I was cutting I was doing anything I could to try to get the pain out and so I did end up you know going to a residential treatment facility for um almost four months and can I interrupt so just for just for people to know I um I am a a seasoned therapist I've been doing this for about 20-25 years and so it's not my intention to have someone come in and say all right tell me about all your trauma Um, in fact I think that as you got worse we actually talked less and less about the trauma we did but coming into therapy becomes the catalyst for oh my gosh I'm gonna have to deal with stuff I don't really want to and so it it actually just kind of comes up on its own it did once it came up though I couldn't forget it I couldn't get out of my head yeah because sometimes you start having memories and flashbacks and and all nightmares and right yeah so and it did get unmanageable for me and it got to where it was I think finally when I knew I had to just do the whole residential thing was it got to a point where it was getting a little bit hard to take care of my daughter like mm-hmm. I remember one time uh, you know I'd restrict to the point where I was just too dizzy and was laying down and my daughter was up in her uh, high chair crying because she wanted food and I couldn't get up and it was like oh my gosh you know at this point I that's that was when I threw in the towel I was like okay I can't do this <laughs> 
and um so that was when I did go to the residential treatment facility and I did you know some trauma work there it was mostly doing weight restoration and that that was a big part of it was like healing my body a little bit but I remember when I left you know I, I was weight restored I was one of the lucky people who got to stay all the way through but like I felt like it was in somebody else's body <laughs> I mean literally it was like my soul was in somebody else's body and it was scary mm. and so when I did discharge you know I I mean I relapsed pretty quickly I, I, which is common yeah I would say within a few days like <laughs> I like to so my analogy for treatment is um it's kind of like when you get on a, a plane yeah and you fly from Atlanta to New York mm. and you know New York is a very different city than than Atlanta and so you're in this this contained environment and it's controlled and you have your your meals at a certain time and you can go to the bathroom at a certain time and you have to have permission to do things and you start talking about stuff but it's not where the, the focus isn't let's just work through your trauma it's right let's get your your brain to a place where it's nourished enough mm -hmm. to actually think and feel and deal with stuff yeah and so when you get to that other place um it can feel pretty foreign yeah yeah a lot of it definitely i was getting my brain a lot healthier i was actually before i came on today i read some of my old journals from when i was in residential and i was just kind of trying to remember exactly where my mindset was and I was asking the same questions over and over it was almost like I was forgetting mm. you know what I mean and and I kept writing about how um I thought I felt like feelings were either good or bad like there wasn't like a mad sad angry like I had a really hard time like really telling what I was feeling I just knew it was bad and there was definitely just this huge disconnection and um between your you your brain and your feelings yeah I could I could see it in my writing you know and it was it was interesting to look back on. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah. Well, that that's a great way to give yourself a uh, kudos for all the work that you have done. And the the you, you're very different today than you were. Yes. <laughs> four or five years ago. I am definitely. <laughs> I'm, and I'm thankful for that. I'm not as scared. That was a big part of it. Good. Good. So what happened when you came out? So I came out. I was weight restored. I remember you looked fantastic. I did, <laughs> but I I didn't feel fantastic. I know. <laughs> I, was, I know. I was terrified, and you know I still had this fear in the back of my mind that, you know, how do I word this? <laughs> I uh, just being shapely and curvy again. It, it made me very scared. It made me worried that um, I was at risk for being raped again, and mm -hmm. I. I remember when I first got out, I was like, I'll just lose a little bit. You know, that won't make any difference. And, um, <laughs> and now that I'm in control, <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll just lose a little bit. And, um, and even when I left, like, you know, my goal was survival. Like it wasn't to thrive by any means. I just wanted to survive. I don't want to die. I'm going to do this because I don't want to die. I still hated eating, hated it. Um, I did not enjoy food at all. I forced myself white knuckle to do it mm -hmm. because I love my daughter and I wanted to set a good example. Um, but I was miserable. I hated eating mm -hmm. and uh, I hated fullness. That was mm. another big part of it. Like whenever I would get full and I wrote about that a lot in my journal too. When I, when I would get really full, it would be like this pressure and this pushing on my upper stomach and it would kind of spark that trauma memory again of somebody just pushing and being on top of me. And I would just, and I would just sweat and I would panic and I would cry and so it made eating really difficult, even though I wanted to do better. Like I really wanted to do better. Every time I would get to where I was a little bit healthier, I would relapse because I would just get 
so scared about my body changing and the fullness would just so let set me back. this would be a great time for us to talk a little bit about coping okay so you you ba- you did this balance this this bouncing back and forth I did a lot a lot <laughs> for a couple years even a couple years so you would you would get to that place you were eating in the program so you came to Mana. you were in our IOP mm-hmm. for a while yes um do you want to say how long uh, a little bit over two years right which is really weird for a lot of people because insurance wants to kick them out after about two or three months. And so one of the things that's different about MANA is that we will pick up where insurance doesn't want you to, where where insurance leaves off. And so I know that there were times that you were like, ah, insurance is going to quit paying, so I'm going to quit. And I was like, no, no, no. I'll see you at 3 o'clock. You <laughs> are going to come in here, and this is what, you know, we work, We negotiated a, a rate. We did. And um, so we reduced your fees, and because I was – you had worked so hard, and you were – you put a lot of energy into it. And so if somebody's going to invest in themselves and get better, I'm going to invest in them. There were times I got so frustrated because it's really hard to the back and forth is hard. Like I would do good and I would relapse good and relapse. And it got to where I was tired. And I, there were times I was ready to quit, but nobody at Mana ever gave up on me. Never. Even when I would send a message, I think bullheaded than you are (laughs) at times. Yes. There are times I'm like, you know what? I think I need to quit. And you'd be like, I see you at three. I'm like, ugh, she doesn't get it. I hate it. Okay, so let's talk about some of the coping that you did. Okay. So there were some specific times when you were talking about that pressure inside of your mm-hmm. belly. So what were some of the things that we did that were helpful? Uh, probably the most helpful thing that I remember us doing. I remember there was a time in our eating area where I had gotten really really full and I just I froze because I was panicking and I couldn't really move I was just sort of like I couldn't really it's hard to really explain a panic attack but it's like I couldn't see I couldn't hear and I couldn't really move and uh your body shut down yeah it was just yeah and you had taken me out the back door and um you're like okay you know we're gonna we're gonna get this out and you um had taught me like we went back to this kind of like a ravine type area, I guess you would call it. Yep. And you had taught me how to uh, like scream the pain, not the fullness, but yeah, like the, the feeling that I had in my body. You pain. showed me pain. <laughs> you showed me how to uh, scream from there to get it out uh, so that it wasn't just sitting there. So one of the things that people don't understand is that we have thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And I literally watched this thing yesterday and it talked about how words have an energy and Mm -hmm. it impacts water. Mm -hmm. Um, So positive words uh, are healing and they turn water into like this beautiful snowflake Mm -hmm. and negative words um, turn it into like brown and like ugly and disformed. I'll, I'll show you, I'll show it to you. So our words, the things we say to ourselves about ourselves, I am ugly. I am fat. I am whatever they lead to feelings and feelings is energy, right? Try and stifle a laugh in church, (laughs) right? So somebody does something funny, you fart, whatever, (laughs) something funny happens and you can't just bust a gut, right? In church, that's painful to hold that in. It's the same thing when you're trying to get your pain out or your sadness out. It gets trapped in your body and it clogs up the system. 
And yeah. so yours got clogged up because our body has cellular memory. Mm-hmm. And so it got clogged up around your abdomen. And so learning how to breathe, blow, and or scream that out yeah. was really important and powerful because the energy has to come out. It took a lot of practice. Because even when, I think that first time we tried it, it still kept coming from like here because everything was so strangled. I was like, <laughs> nope sam deeper it took, it took some practice yeah. um but you know i taught my daughter how to do that did you she it. i didn't know th- i love that yep oh but um that was one of that was definitely probably one of the most helpful things and i mean I, even where i'm at now i've used it before great because like you said it's hard to hold that in and once i figured out how to get it out it it got easier, but man, it took some practice. Even crying. Remember, there was a long time where I couldn't even cry. Oh, yeah. And it was so painful to hold all that in, but I couldn't, I had a very difficult time finding or figuring out a healthy way to let it out. You just had to change your beliefs. I did. I did. About crying. That it wasn't bad. And you weren't it a wuss. It just took practice. Yes. <laughs> that too. <laughs> it just, yes. Yeah. So, so crying is okay. Screaming is okay. Journaling. Journaling. That was super helpful. Sometimes when I can't cry, I journal and it will come out. Right. And you you started a really cool thing. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and you taught me about a, a way that you coped. So a cool way that I found to cope. Um, my daughter has like bath crayons. Um, and we had in my old house uh, a pretty big bathtub. And some of the way, one of the ways that I would try to like calm myself would be to kind of just like take a hot bath so that my muscles would kind of relax a little bit. It's also a little bit grounding. And um, I had her bath crayons and there were times when I would feel just so much anger or sadness or pain, like as I was, you know, getting, nourishing my body, all these feelings were coming out. And um, it felt really scary because I didn't understand why it was happening or where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hard, you know, to, for one thing, I'd been numb for so long. So when I felt emotions, they were so big. And it, I remember you giving the example, it's like trying to take a drink of water out of a fire hydrant. And it was just like that. Like, I would try to feel a little bit and it was just boosh. And it, it was so scary not understanding why I was feeling the way I was. And so it, it was a little bit of DBT too, but which is a different kind of therapy. But um, I would do this like mapping almost of like, I would get her backgrounds and I had this whole bathtub to write and draw on and I would you know kind of make a word maybe the feeling and then I would just draw all the thoughts that I was having at the moment and I would hit one like yeah that's it and then I would trail off of that one and um you know write questions like why and then I would have to think about it you know and it and eventually (laughs) I would come to something that made sense and then it wasn't scary anymore then I could manage the emotion but when I didn't understand why it was happening it was terrifying I felt like I was crazy person and (laughs) I found that I can manage my feelings as long as I at least somewhat understand where it's coming from so that's a fantastic point and what's what's great is that you and I actually knew exactly what we were what you knew what I was talking about without us even like we didn't even practice this before (laughs) I knew what you were talking about about. it was different um but so Sam became her own therapist right in the bathtub that Mm -hmm. is you literally are doing exactly what a therapist would do Mm -hmm. and so but it was very intuitive to you because you your brain was working and you were you're a logical person and Mm -hmm. so um, learning that the thoughts and the feelings are connected mm-hmm. and that things come from 
relationships and that just that things are just all connected. Mm -hmm. And so you, you brought up the word crazy. So people don't, that don't understand why they're thinking and why they're feeling the way they are. The word that we use is crazy because we don't understand, Mm -hmm. but a good therapist will tell you, you do make sense. We don't understand how it's all connected. But I bet when we break it down, it 100% makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I want people to understand that if you have these thoughts or you have these feelings or you have these behaviors and you don't understand why, that there is something in your past, there's something that you're holding in, and there is is connection. Mm -hmm. And it's just up to you to try and figure out how you are connected internally mm-hmm. so that you can um, make sense of yourself, which in and of itself is a huge relief. Yes. Thank God I'm not crazy. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Like that totally makes sense. Yes. And so fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. So let's, let's, I'm going to move us forward a little bit. So Tell us um, a little bit about when you got to the end of that journey, mm-hmm. um, what that was like for you. And this will kind of tie into the bringing safety with me part. Okay. So let's see. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, I did get to where um, I, after lots of practice, I, I think I finally just got to a point where I... Uh, got to a healthier weight and um I got to where I wasn't so afraid of myself (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like I I, there was a point where I was really afraid of myself Mm -hmm. because the whole like feelings and understanding like that was scary um but finally after being in a healthy place for long enough even though I was white knuckling it I started to feel a little bit started to feel a little bit better because you know nothing horrible had happened to me yet you know like you said I I almost had to get there for a little while see that nothing's gonna happen and you know proceed but um so that was part of it another part of it was it finally started food started getting easier eventually because all of a sudden there was a turning point where I started to crave food it was no longer something I absolutely hated so that was and I'm not even sure how that happened but there was finally just me doing the work long enough eventually it got to where I was craving foods and that made things a lot easier Mm -hmm. um and so you know even even that was a process but there got to a point where trying to think of how to word this I got to a point where I was ready to talk more about um growing spiritually and Mm -hmm. that was a really big part of uh what I really needed because I was really looking for safety I needed safety and um well, coming from the situation makes 100% sense. Right. And, you know, even I would struggle with OCD type behaviors, all in this need to feel safe. And so that was really the hole that I needed to fill. And we did start having some spiritual, you know, talking. And that really did spark some um, thought and research on my part. And I did, you know, I, I did grow up going to church. So I had some background, but I didn't of the knowledge of God meaning almost in like a textbook type, type way. Mm-hmm. So I had some background, mm-hmm. but I had not yet developed just that close relationship with God yet because I don't know. I, I had this view that maybe God didn't like me and <laughs> even going through treatment, you know, it did take me longer than a lot of my friends who went through, you know, I would see them get better and I was still where I was and I was like okay Lord I see you healing other people like <laughs> what <laughs> what's Why going on here? like yeah and I really 
and it, it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit <laughs> you know like <laughs> Jesus when are you love me yeah I was like okay like and it did it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit but you know <laughs> now I can look back and see that I did need that extra work to really be able to mm-hmm. appreciate you know what he's delivered me from honestly yeah. um, because I can honestly say now after everything I've been through and all the work I've done and all the work that you guys have done with me I mean not even just the food even part of it down to like um being able to show my show show myself self-compassion mm. like that was the hardest thing for me it used to be whenever I would mess up I was terrified to mess up because of the jerk inside my head that would just like berate me mm-hmm. and so I was so afraid to mess up and um I would punish myself for my mistakes like physically sometimes yep. and but I remember and I'm kind of getting off topic but like some of the things that so like when we were when I was in treatment at Mana, the staff there they would encourage me and they would um they would fight that voice for me and after I'd been there long enough like your voice was in my head. Some of the other <laughs> therapist voices were in my head where... Probably still are. Probably, yes, they are. But I uh, was able to... There was even one particular part where I remember somebody, one of the staff just showed me unbelievable compassion mm-hmm. in a situation where I felt like I failed. And I remember being so blown away by her reaction. And I was like, this is it. This is compassion. So that after that, when I was a little bit more on my own, um, even though I didn't know how to give myself self-compassion yet I would draw back to that memory and that's how it felt that's what happened you know Mm. and I would be able to use that to do on my own but um I totally forgot where I was going with that I'm sorry (laughs) well we were just talking about the end um and then I was gonna kind of uh, start bringing up what your role is with Mana now oh yes okay so uh, I uh, you know now I feel (laughs) I, I I feel like I have a better relationship with food than people who haven't even had an eating disorder to some degree sure um you've got an appreciation I have appreciation and I I can sit here and say that I can eat whatever I want and I don't feel guilty about it and I don't even really think about it shut up I mean the only I will say when I have when I am in my feelings like you know naturally my appetite will decrease a little bit more but it naturally comes back up and but I don't I don't stress about it I don't worry about it if I grow out of my clothes I'm just like a darn you know do I wish I fit my clothes yes but it's not gonna ruin my day like I'm gonna move on sure and so I don't and I'm able to talk I have so much freedom in that way um I am yes people don't understand (laughs) that (laughs) when you um were so uh worried about how you were gonna come across and how I was gonna see you and literally it would take her five minutes to say five words (laughs) And um, so I knew that there was a lot of fear yeah. inside of you. I don't have to worry so much about what people think of me. I mean, I'm still human, but I do, I, I'm much more comfortable in myself to where I can live my life much more joyfully. And, and part of that too is, you know, the relationship with I, have, I have with Christ where I, I do feel that safety. I know that wherever I am, whatever, um, whatever the situation is, even if I'm in my feelings, like I know that as a child of God, <laughs> that I take my safety with me and that I'm okay. Yeah. And that definitely influences the way that I live my life and the way that I respond with people. Well, not only do you take your safety, right? And, and our safety comes from God. Yes. Um, but you allow yourself to have that. Yes. You don't beat yourself up anymore. No. And so you are now a safe person for you. Yes. 
exactly what I was trying to say. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I'm used to doing this kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Good. And then as for what I do with Mana now. Yeah. Um, so so Tori, Sam, Sam has taken on a really, really cool role. It's so fun. She, <laughs> she you, you developed it. I did. So when I finished treatment at and through the IOP program at Mana, I didn't really have... I didn't have any like friends. I had coworkers that I worked with and they were my friends, but I still hadn't even really developed that all the way yet. But I was leaving the program without a support network really, because just in, I had been in my eating disorder so long and had been in it isolated myself so much. The friends that I had at one point, I didn't have anymore because I'd pushed them away. And so I still didn't have any friends. And I remember I did come to you and I was just in tears and I was like, how am I going to do this? I don't have any friends and I don't have any, you know, can I, can I make an alumni group of the people who have graduated and maybe we could just, you know, and, and we could meet and we could, you know, we could do this together because it's too hard for me to do on my own. Like even, even when I was done, I wasn't ready to do it on my own Yeah, because it's so hard to talk about the thoughts that come with eating disorders and the struggles that come with it. It's so hard to talk about that to people who have not experienced it. Right. Um, and, and you graciously <laughs> said that I could. And, and it was a it little was fantastic. It was easier to put together because I was there for so long. I knew everybody and everybody knew me. <laughs> sure. So it was a little bit easier to put together for that reason too. But what we do is uh, we do meet once a month and we do different things. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a support group. So there's no therapist there. No therapist there, no. But we we have been meeting at MANA at times before we have met at restaurants, you know, before the COVID stuff. Um, sure. And we, um, go on hikes. We, we did do that once. Um, we, uh, uh, a lot of times when we get together, we like to craft, we're, we're artsy people. Um, <laughs> so a lot of times we'll get together and while we're talking about what's going on in our lives, cause sometimes it's just needing to get out those thoughts and, what's going on with somebody with a group of people that are not going to be judgmental that have felt that before and that, you know, already kind of know our story. <laughs> it just makes it easier. Sure. Um, and we'll do a lot of times like some kind of art project with it just because it's more fun that way. I think next, the next group, we're going to do like a game night. Um, cool. So we, we do a lot of different things, but we also have like a group text set up where, um, you know, if there's a certain moment where somebody needs support and, and it comes up, you know, um, then we, you know, there's several ears that are there that can support. Or even if, um, if it just, somebody just wants to be one-on-one, -on -one, we can do that. Like, because all of us have a little bit more experience in certain areas or, or different walks. And so it's just so much easier to not do it. <laughs> like, I can't even, I can't even express that enough. It's so much easier to do it alongside somebody else because even in times when it was really hard and I was out of the program, there were times when I would be able to tell myself, you know what, I can do this because there are other people who are also doing this. And it's just having people behind you is so much behind me. It was so much easier. Right. So um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you to join the alumni group because mm -hmm. they've gone through eating disorder treatment and they would like some, some extra support, mm -hmm. how do they get in touch with you? I have an email address through MANA, though I don't know I it off the top of my head. Alumni at manatreatment.com. Yes. So that would be an excellent way <laughs> to contact me. Um, there is, there is, you know, somebody who didn't technically go through MANA who, you know, yeah. so we can definitely do that. Yeah. Um, and if you, um, if you don't 
email her, you can always call Mana at 770-495-9775, and we can connect you with Sam. So, Sam, we are going to be closing up now, um, and I asked you to do one more little thing. Do you want to share that with us? Yes. So, um, I was to pick a favorite scripture. I'm terrible at memorizing, so I wrote it down. The one I chose is uh, Exodus 22 through 3. It says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must have no other God but me. And the reason I picked this, I actually saw it. (laughs) It was one of the ones I saved in my journal from when I was in residential treatment. But Mm. it speaks so loud to me because, not to minimize what um, the Hebrews went through (laughs) in Egypt, but um, in a way, like, when I was trapped in my eating disorder, like, Egypt, like, my eating disorder was my Egypt. I was in slavery. I wanted to change and I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And I remember that was the scariest part was I always assumed that I could change if I wanted to. And when I tried to, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And it was terrifying. Mm -hmm. And I, it it, it literally was like, I don't want to use the word trapped, but it was, I was bound in it. Mm -hmm. And um, and I do, uh, I know for a fact that I was delivered, that God delivered me from that. And I know that he used manna to do that. Um, And so, that's why it just it speaks so loud to me and and then the last part that you must have no other god but me like i am able to focus on him and um and really <clears throat> work toward my relationship with him because i'm not just i'm not bound by anything else i'm free to to pursue him and so for that reason i really like that that scripture well that's fantastic because i i think you know that manna comes from that story yes when exodus yes when the israelites were in the desert for Mm -hmm. 40 years and they the only way they got out was they followed god Mm -hmm. he was a steam he was steam and he was a cloud and Mm -hmm. when he lifted up they packed up all of their things and then they moved and he literally led them through the desert to the other side to the promised land and that is why and he fed them manna Mm-hmm. while they were in the desert mm-hmm. and so the premise behind manna is we want to help you um, with your daily food you couldn't take you can't take too much you can't take too little and um, when you are in your emotional and your spiritual desert we want you to we want to help lead you to follow God because he's ultimately the way you get better yes so Sam this has been fantastic I appreciate you um, I know we're going to have you again and so um, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to Food, Faith, and Feelings today. We want to walk with you on your journey to wholeness. And um, just want to make sure that you subscribe to our show. You can find us, find us on about 12 different podcast apps, such as Apple, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And all shows are also archived on businessradiox.com. Just go to businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, and click on Food, Faith, and Feelings. Until next time, I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, and this has been Food, Faith, and Feelings on Business Radio X. Mm -hmm.